thank you for entering into worship today. Isn't the presence of God an amazing thing? We are going to talk about that a little bit today, but if you're visiting with us for the first time, thank you for being here. Um, I'm David. My wife is Stasha, in case I didn't get to meet you on the way in. She's actually back with the, today's her Sunday to be with the elementary age kids. Um, Matt and Amanda are in here today. Thank you guys for ministering to our elementary age kids and the Nicklows do, and of course the Starrings do as well uh, back there. And then we have a bunch of the, um, we, like to trans, we like to transition our young folks like from out of kids' church into junior high school and coming in here into the sanctuary, you know, that can be a little bit of a, a, of a transition, but how we address that is uh, we let them serve back there a couple Sundays, and then they come in here a couple Sundays, because we believe in equipping all generations, don't we? So we're training them to become even leaders back here and, and, and serving and using the gifts and the talents that God has given them. So um, just say a prayer for them, you know, as they're learning today about God and who He is. Well, in here today, what we're going to do is start a new series. Of course, like Mr. Stowe said, this year we are focusing all of our teachings um, on the Holy Spirit and who the Holy Spirit is. Foursquare, you know, if you're not familiar with Foursquare, we believe that Jesus Christ, He's our Savior, He's our baptizer in the Holy Spirit, He's our healer, and He's our soon coming King. And uh, so th that's where the term Foursquare comes from. Um, and we're taking this year just as a whole nationally uh, to focus in on the person of the Holy Spirit. We're transformed by Jesus. How does He do that? through the power of His Holy Spirit. Uh, so we've on Wednesday nights, we've taken some time, uh, extended time, to talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. You know, He pours out His gifts on men. Why is that? And when I say men, I mean mankind, um, on men and women, so that we can minister to one another. That's how God chooses to minister today. Today, He is flowing. You know, Jesus isn't standing before you today, right? And many of you say, amen, that's the truth. No, He, he ministers through us. He was, <laughs> don't laugh, Lisa, come on. Um, he was, Allison, <laughs> Allison, this morning, I was about to say something nice about her. Uh, the Holy Spirit was flowing through her today, you know, and the gifts that we're able to use of encouragement um, to minister to one another. So as we look today, this whole series of equipped and empowered, the verse that we're going to come from is out of second the Thelon... <laughs> Easy for me to say. Second, I told you it wasn't Jesus. Second Thessalonians 1.11. If you want to go ahead and open up your Bibles there as we um, are going to, again, just launch from this scripture point for the whole series that we're doing, Equipped and Empowered too. The Holy Spirit will equip, will equip and empower you to do everything that God has called you to do. Let me say that again. The Holy Spirit will equip and empower you to do everything God has called you to do. What has God called you to? Is it something big you think there's absolutely no way? This series is going to address that. Because the Holy Spirit, if He has called you to it, He will give you the gifts that you need to make sure that it happens. I've said this many, many times before, and I will probably say it a whole lot more, but for me to operate in this particular gift, especially when I was a 15, 16-year-old and God said, you're going to be a pastor one day, told my mom that before I was even born, right, mom? Um, so just that was fulfilled, you know, and, and so praise God for that. But I would have told you, no way. There's, I, I can't speak in front of people. When God calls you to something, He will equip you and He will empower you to do it. And I want us to hear that word this morning. Second Thessalonians uh, 1, 
chapter 1, verse 11 says this. We're going to go through verse 12 here. It says, So we keep on praying for you, asking God, our God, to enable you to live a life worthy of His call. Amen. Lord, equip me to live a life worthy of the call that you've given me. May He give you the power to accomplish all the good things your faith prompts you to do. I want to read that one more time. May He give you all the power, may He give you the power to accomplish all the good things your faith prompts you to do. What is God calling you to do? What are the big dreams and visions that you just think, I don't even know how that can happen? Well, as Paul was praying for the Thessalonian church here, may He give you the power to accomplish all the good things your faith prompts you to do or the Holy Spirit prompts you to do. Then, why is this? Then the name of our Lord Jesus will be honored because of the way you live and you will be honored along with Him. This is all made possible because of the grace of our God and our Lord Jesus Christ. How many of you will agree with me? Without the grace of God, I would not, you would not be where we are today. Without His grace. The Holy Spirit has empowered you, Lisa, to do everything that your faith has prompted you to do. And I'm going to I'll say, Lisa, I'm not just picking on her. I want to look at every single one of you. He has equipped you and He has empowered you to do. So we have a whole bunch of doers in this room today that the Holy Spirit is going to guide us and lead us into. So what are those desires? You and God know, Amen. Well, we're going to look at today, God has equipped, the Holy Spirit has empowered us to praise and to worship. And we're going to dig deep into this today um, because this, this is going to open up a whole bunch when we talk about God has enabled us to praise and worship. Now, yes, we just sang some songs and we call that praise and worship, but that's just an aspect in our daily and our weekly lives of what praise and worship is. And, um, you know, I was thinking this week um, that the song, that last song that we just did, it was been going through my head because you'll see how it comes together uh, through the message. Well, Doug was scheduled to lead this morning and uh, he has an eye infection. So you guys, please be praying for him. Um, it's totally swollen shut and just it's not a good thing. So we're praying for Doug. So anyway, Allison... Uh, you know, just jumped in and was able to do it. And she said, hey, she texted the worship team, hey, pull, this is how I fight my battles. And so uh, I believe that was a, a move that was definitely inspired by the Holy Spirit. But God has empowered us to praise and to worship. And we're going to see that through that, battles are won. We have the victory through our praise and worship. So I want you to hold on to that truth as we're getting ready to go through this today. Some of the other things that we're going to talk about, and we have mentioned some of these already in our, in our previous series, but we're going to look at some of the hows. As we have looked this year and some of the theology, the, the equipping part, this series is going to deal a little bit more with the empowered part, uh, being spirit-led and, and prayer and, and how to discern certain things and, and our witness. Easter, we're going to talk about He's empowered us to live life. You know, I don't want to just... I don't want to just go through the motions of life. I've been there. I, I, I want to live life. I want to make a difference for the kingdom of God. So we'll talk about that. Uh, demonstrate uh, you know, the power of the Holy Spirit. And he says, lay hands on the sick and they will recover. We see that happen today. It's amazing. Uh, and then overcome will be our last week. I'm, I'm looking forward to that one because as I talk to different folks uh, in the community, at the race shops, here at this church, you know, people deal with shame 
people deal with uh, anything that, that you may need to overcome, a sin that you know has just hounded you, even though you've repented, maybe it's just always in the back of your mind, the Holy Spirit has empowered us to overcome those things, equipped us and empowered us to overcome those things. So that's where we're headed. But today, praise and worship to God is powerful. Were we just singing songs this morning? We were singing songs this morning, but I want you to understand it was so much more than that. And, and I want us as abundant life, I want us as, a, as, a, as believers to where whether we only can sing in the shower because no one can hear us in the shower, right? Or whether we're in our vehicle going down the road singing, that we praise and worship, whether it be vocally through song or whether it be just vocally through speaking. You know, some folks aren't singers, and that's okay. But you can sing to the Lord, right? You, you can do that. You can vocally praise the Lord. Uh, all kinds of things. It's powerful. It's powerful. Here's the first thing I want us to look at today about praise and worship and how, it, how we are equipped and empowered to praise and worship. Praise and worship brings breakthrough. In our lives, let me let me tell you what I'm talking about here for a moment. There are some of us who have dealt with or are dealing with fear. Anybody here? You know, I'm not asking you to raise your hand, but you ever dealt with fear? Fear of the future? Fear of the past may come back to haunt you? Um, hurt? I know there's man in this size room. There's a lot of us that have dealt with hurt. Bitterness, maybe because of the hurt. Guilt. Oh, that's a heavy one, isn't it? You deal with guilt because of words that you've said or actions that you've done. Shame. Depression. I want to I I talk about this for a moment. Praise and worship brings breakthrough. And, and I don't want to make light of this at all because I understand that here in the United States, especially with depression, that's a big deal. It really is. And, and I was reminded of that yesterday. I had to take my youngest son, Gabriel, um, to the doctor. Uh, he's a boy, right? He's running through the woods and with shorts on. And today his legs are just covered in poison ivy. I mean, it is just, oh, you're just thinking, poor guy. The past couple days they have been. But they come in, they check his blood pressure, all this stuff. They don't ask what's wrong with him. They ask, do you have depression? He's 13 years old. Do you have depression? And, and I just kind of looked up, and at the same time, Gabe and I answered, no, he, does, he hasn't had any issues with depression. And the nurse looked at him and says, son, do you know what depression is? And I was just shocked. And come to find out that, that with this particular organization, that is standard practice. And it broke my heart. Now, she was just doing her job, right? But it broke my heart that... Before they even find out what your condition is, are you dealing with depression? Well, if, if you don't get me remedy for this poison oak, I might be, right? <laughs> and again, I'm not making light of depression, but it, it highlighted the fact of as a nation, depression is really something that we struggle with as, as a nation. And there, it's a multi, I haven't researched it, so I don't want to say million or billion, but it is a multi-dollar sign industry. And I want to encourage you this morning, if depression is something that you deal with, don't feel shame of that, okay? That's not what this is about. But I want to encourage you today that we're going to praise and worship, and we're going to pray over you. Because God, by His Holy Spirit, has given us the power to overcome. And whether it be fear, hurt, bitterness, guilt, shame, depression, whatever it is, the Holy Spirit has given us, He has empowered us 
through praise and worship to overcome. I have seen people set free from all of these things, from the medicine. Now, granted, and I want to be very clear on this too. I never give medical advice. Why is that? Because I'm not a doctor. I don't even play one on TV. You know, I don't give medical advice. And I want to say this because the reason I want to say this is I've had people, you know, as we've ministered to them and, well, I just feel the Lord is telling me to come off of my medicine right now. You know what? Go see your doctor before you come off of your medicine. Do I believe in the power of the Holy Spirit and that he can heal you? Yes, I do. Absolutely. But you go see him. A couple reasons. One, he's going to advise you on some medicines you can't just come off of. Yes, the Holy Spirit can heal you. I understand that. But two, it will be a praise and a testimony before that doctor what God has done in you. Right? So a couple reasons for that. But God, the Holy Spirit, has set us free and given us breakthrough in some of these uh, areas of life that I just talked about. Because here's the reality. Fear, uh, hurt, bitterness, guilt, shame, depression, whatever it is that you're facing that you need a breakthrough in, all of these act as a prison for our souls. Am I right? It's just like, I can't escape this feeling. I've heard people talk about it. It's just like this cloud that hangs over me, the shame that I'm feeling, uh, the hurt, the, the anger toward family members from, eight, from you know, 20 years ago. It's just, it's, I can't escape it. And that's what these things do. Uh, these act as a prison for our souls. Well, turn with me to Acts 16.22. And I want to show you practically, in a very real sense, what praise and worship did for a couple of guys in the Bible. And here's what the Bible says as well. By the way, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if He has come to set the prisoners free, He has come to set you free today. Amen. Amen. So let's look at what Scripture says about this. Acts 16.22, verse through verse 26. Acts 16, 22, verse, through verse 26. It says this, A mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas. Why? Because they were preaching the gospel. So we have to understand that's why this mob had been formed. And the city officials ordered them to be stripped and beaten with wooden rods. Now that doesn't sound pleasant. They were severely beaten, and then they were thrown into prison. The jailer was ordered to make sure they didn't escape. So the jailer put them into the inner dungeon and clamped their feet in the stocks. Around midnight, now get this picture, okay? I don't want to lose what we just read. They were stripped naked, severely beaten, okay? Now, I know some of y'all got a beating from your mom growing up, right? From your dad growing up. You know what it is to get a beating, but that's a spanking, right? I'm talking about a beating here. And then they were thrown in prison, feet put in stocks so they could not escape. If they escaped, here was the punishment for the prison guards. They would be put to death. So if I'm a prison guard, I'm thinking, you know what? You're not going anywhere, right? So this is the prison that they are facing here. But verse 25, around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening. Suddenly, there was a massive earthquake. Supernatural things going on here, okay? And the prison was shaken to its foundation. All the doors immediately flew open, and the chains of every prisoner fell off. How did that happen? It was supernatural for chains just to fall off. 
for the stocks that they were in just to come loose, for the gates to open. Yes, there was a mighty earthquake, so I can understand maybe the gates flying open, but explain to me how the chains fall off. It was the power of God. How did the power of God come about? Because Paul and Silas were praising God and the supernatural happened in their life. The Holy Spirit has given us this tool. He has equipped and empowered us to praise and worship. What does that look like? You're driving to work and you have this cloud that's over you. And all of a sudden, how I fight my battles. You know, or whatever it is. Jesus, you are good. Whatever, you make up your own stuff. But you're praising and you're worshiping God. And, and what happens? God inhabits the praises of his people. When light enters, the dark has to leave. And we understand this. We know this. And that's what Paul and Silas were experiencing here. Praise and worship release the chains of bondage. Now, what's the name of our church? Abundant Life. Where does that come from? A verse called John 10.10. It says this, the thief comes to do what? Yep, still kill and destroy. That's what he comes to do. But Jesus says, I have come to give you abundant life. Or life, depending on which version you're reading for, from this morning, abundant life or... They have abundant life. Yeah, so I had to go through that. I memorized it, New King James Version. So, um, Satan is the one who holds the keys to the prison. Steal, kill, and destroy. That's what he wants to do. But God, I'm sorry, Satan holds the lock. I said the keys. He holds the lock. But Jesus, he took the keys of death, hell, and the grave. We're getting ready to come up on Easter. I'm about to preach. We're coming up on Easter here. And when Jesus died on the cross, what did he do? He, he got the keys to death, hell, and the grave. I don't know what you're facing, but if Jesus can conquer death, hell, and the grave, then he can conquer whatever it is that you're going through. What enables that? Our praise and our worship. You know what praise and worship is too? Some of you this morning are getting amen on me this morning, and I love it, right? We're getting ready for Jamaica. You know, the Jamaica team's going to be heading down, and, and you're starting to sound like a bunch of Jamaicans in here. Just say, oh, yes, yeah, but, you know, you're, you're getting into it this morning. That is a praise. You are agreeing, not with David, you are agreeing with the word of God that is being preached today, and you are honoring and praising God for his word that brings freedom. Amen? That's what we're doing this morning. So while Satan holds the prison and holds the chains that hold us, he steals, kills, and destroys, God is the one who has the keys and who has provided freedom, who brings abundant life. Praise and worship bring breakthrough. Do you need breakthrough this morning? Yeah, I do too. There's areas where I need breakthrough. Well, hold on to that thought because at the end, we're going to take some time just to praise, all right? And if this is an area that you're facing, we're going to praise. Number two, praise and worship helps you fight spiritual battles. This is how I fight my battles. That song is very simple, isn't it? I mean, it, it is very simple. And obviously, you have to be able to read into it to understand what it's talking about. But man, when you get a hold of that thing, this is how I fight the spiritual battles when Satan is coming against me. Is through praise and through worship. And when he is, the enemy is surrounding me through any of the other things that we just talked about as it relates to fear, hurt, bitterness, guilt, shame, depression, the list goes on and on. When I know who's on my side and in whose strength I stand, 
Spiritual battles are being fought. Turn with me to Exodus 17.9. Give you a couple minutes to get there. Exodus 17, verse 9. We're going to go through verse 13. And these will be up on the screen there for you. Praise and worship helps you to fight spiritual battles. Now here, we're, what we're about to read is where Moses is uh, getting ready to have a big battle, a big fight that's going on. The, you know, the, Israel has now fled Egypt. Egypt represents bondage in the Bible, right? So they have fled bondage, uh, but now they're coming into this area, and there's some other people who are wanting to take them captive, all right? So here's, here's what's going to happen. Praise and worship helps you fight spiritual battles. So Exodus 17, verse 9, um, it says this, Then Moses commanded Joshua, Choose some men to go out and to fight the army of the Amalekite for us. Tomorrow I will stand at the top of the hill holding the staff of God in my hand. Now, here's what, well, let, me, let me just back up here a, minute, a moment too. They had left bondage and they were going to take possession of what God had given them. So we're talking advancing here in the things of God. And when we advance in the things of God, sometimes it takes spiritual uh, battles to, to conquer. Satan, where you have held this aspect of life, I am taking it back in Jesus' name. How do we do that? Through praise and worship. So let's keep going here. Um, so uh, verse 10, So Joshua did what Moses had commanded and fought the army of Amalek. Meanwhile, Moses, Aaron, and Hur climbed to the top of a nearby hill. Now for me, I'm thinking, why are you running away from the battle? Well, let's see what God was saying here. As long as Moses held up the staff in his hand, the Israelites had the advantage. But whenever he dropped his hand, right? You ever held something up for a while and all of a sudden you just get tired? But whenever he dropped it, um, the Amalekites gained the advantage. Moses' arms soon became so tired that he could no longer hold them up. So Aaron and Hur found a stone for him to sit on. Then they stood on each side of Moses, holding up his hands. So his hands held steady until sunset. As a result, Joshua over, overwhelmed uh, the army of Amalek in battle. You ever have those moments where you read the Bible and like the Holy Spirit just speaks something to you? Let me look at this for a minute. Joshua was the one fighting the battle, okay? This isn't going to be in the notes, Sarah. This is... Something I'm just. Joshua was the one fighting the battle. Moses was the one on top of the hill praying. You may have family members that are in the middle of a battle. You stand up on top of that hill and you keep praying, Pam. Parents, you keep praying. Children, you keep praying for your parents. Um, Friends, keep praying. You know, I, I just shared recently, Eric is, he is, his friends in the workplace and in the neighborhood that he's had an opportunity to minister to, they're fighting battles. And what is Eric doing? He's standing up on the hill and he is praying. But you know what? Eric's hands are getting tired. Pam's arms, they're getting tired. And so people come alongside. That's why we pray for one another. Because you don't know what spiritual battle your neighbor is going through. I want you to look at your neighbor who you didn't come to church with this morning. They are going through a spiritual battle or will go through a spiritual battle or maybe they have and you pray for them. 
God, I don't know what my abundant life family is going through today, but I lift them up in Jesus' name as they are, as they are battling. All right, let's get back. That was good. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. A battle was raging. Moses was commanded to lift his hands. Personal worship is important. What we do here today is corporate worship. We are lifting up each other's hands. You know, Allison and the team are leading us, and you hear your neighbor singing beside of you, and, and your neighbor, you know, we're doing this corporately. While personal private worship is important, we also need this collective worship as well. Worshiping with other believers is important. Sometimes you need friends to come alongside to encourage you in worship and praise. Many of you have been fighting a spiritual battle for a long time, and maybe you didn't even realize it. That's why worship is so important, and praise, to where you're just driving down the road, and maybe you don't even have the radio on, but you think, you know, I just got to turn on the radio because I need to praise today, and you turn into your favorite Christian station, or you plug in your iPhone, or um, I guess Androids work like that too, I don't know, I don't but you worship because you never know. You never know. Worship. Praise and worship, number three, brings healing. You know, if you've got battle scars, they need to be healed. Gabe has some serious battle scars from playing in the woods with uh, poison ivy all over him. Um, but man, I don't, I don't have to talk to you about emotional battle scars. I don't have to talk to you about deep hurts. I don't, I don't have to do that because you know you've experienced it. Some of you much more than I ever have or ever, ever will. But praise and worship brings healing. See, wounds can be a prison as well. Here, let, let me go back to, I know I'm, Gabe's not even here today to hear me picking on him a whole lot. And I'm, not, and I'm really not picking on him. Just I feel the Holy Spirit was showing me some things through his life's experience at 13 years old that's you know, nothing really truly major. But you'll remember a little about a year and a half ago, Actually, December, it was a year ago. Uh, but he was on his scooter, and he broke his legs, and clean in two in two places, and fractured another place on his leg, uh, just out riding a scooter. And um, he had to go and get a cast, didn't he? And there, there, there's wounds that had to be healed that you couldn't see with your eye. Fortunately, you know, I don't want to get too gross, but it didn't come through the skin or anything like that. But there needed to be healing. And when he had this cast put on, it was a prison for him. It was bringing healing, right? We, we know that was happening in the, in the meantime. But from his toes to his hip was in a cast for two months, three months. It's like eight weeks, something like that. He was in a prison. He was. Pastor Dale, my pastor, always told us as a staff, praise and worship should happen even when you don't feel like it. Now, let me tell you what Gabe did. This is not really that spiritual, but we're going to draw a spiritual example from it. It snowed right after he broke his leg, and he wanted to go sledding so bad. So as a father, I told him, let's hurry up and get out of the house before your mom knows what we're doing. <laughs> She's not in here either. She's with the kids, so... So we went sledding. Was it the smartest thing to do? <laughs> we're men. What do you think? I mean, we're going to go sledding. Praise and worship should happen even when you don't feel like it. 
even when you may be thinking, you know what, this is stupid. Was it, was it not smart for me to take Gabe <laughs> sledding? Absolutely he was, it was, but I'll tell you, that leg was a lot more protected than the other one. He could have broken the other one uh, with limited mobility. But praise and worship should happen when you don't feel like it. Because here's why. Praise and worship is a faith decision, not a fake decision. I'm, I'm going to modify something I've said in the past. You know, if you have a relationship that's, that's strained, like Mike and I, we have a beef going on, you know. And, but when I'm with them, because we play beside of each other, I, hey, Mike, how are you doing this morning? Yeah. And, and we've, I've said fake it till you make it sometimes, you know. But here's what I really should have said or mean. Faith. Have faith. You know what? God is going to restore this. I have faith that God can do His thing. I have faith that God can uh, bring healing in my life. Because praise and worship is a faith decision, not a fake decision. It's faith. I'm in the middle of a battle right now. I need a breakthrough right now. I need healing in my life. It's about faith. Go ahead and turn to 2 Samuel 12. In this, we're going to see a story about a guy named King David. Most of you have heard of him. King David was specifically chosen by God to be king of Israel. He was God's hand-picked man. This is going to be a guy who pleases me. This is going to be a guy who's after my heart. And he's going to lead my people Israel. So here's David at a season when kings were supposed to be out doing battle. He chose to stay home. And this is the story of Bathsheba, where he saw Bathsheba, who belonged to another man. She was married, and he saw her, and he thought, you know what? This is my kingdom. I can have anything I want to have. And so he did. In fact, we read that Uriah was out to battle. So he brought Uriah home because he found out Bathsheba was pregnant, right? So he's like, let me get Uriah home here. Maybe he'll go home with her and, you know, things will work out. No one will ever know the difference. But Uriah was such a noble man. He said, my men are out fighting. There's no way I'm going to go home with my wife. So what did David do? Sent Uriah back to the battlefield and placed him on the front line so that he would be killed. Now that sounds kingly, doesn't it? That sounds like a man after God's own heart, right? No, it doesn't. Not at all. So here's, here's... What's going on here? David had this adulterous affair with Bathsheba. The prophet Nathan confronted him and told him that his child was going to die. Wow. Because he had an affair with Bathsheba? No. Yes. No. Here's the real reason, okay? Because the Bible says of his utter contempt for the word of the Lord. Okay, so was it sin what he did with Bathsheba? Absolutely it was. Does sin require uh, you know, repentance and punishment and consequences? Absolutely. But the reason that this child was going to die, and we know Old Testament, you know, Jesus had not come and, and died on the cross and the grace and all of that and the forgiveness that's offered uh, that, that we learn about in the New Testament. But God uh, told uh, David through Nathan, your child would die because of your utter contempt for the word of the Lord. He disobeyed what he knew God said was proper. He broke several of the Ten Commandments, so to speak. It was utter contempt. It wasn't just a oops, I messed up. 
it was contempt for the word of the Lord. And I, I, I man, I read that and I, it, it throws up a caution for me. David, is there any way, anywhere where you are showing contempt? Holy Spirit, please reveal to me any area of my life that I'm showing contempt for your word. And I think where David prays, cast me not away from your presence. Don't take your Holy Spirit from me. We wound ourselves when we show contempt for God's word and his commands. So what did David do? He truly repented. He did. But you know what? The the word of God in this case still stood. His child died. And I want us to look at David's response in 2 Samuel 12, 18. Then on the seventh day, the child died. David's advisors were afraid to tell him. He wouldn't listen to reason while the child was ill, they said. What drastic thing will he do when we tell him the child is dead? When David saw them whispering, he realized what has happened. Is the child dead, he asked. Yes, they replied, he is dead. Then David got up from the ground. Look at his response. His child just died because he showed utter contempt for the Lord. Then David got up from the ground, washed himself, put on lotions, and changed his clothes. He went to the tabernacle and worshipped the Lord. After that, he returned to the palace and was served food and ate. His time of mourning was over. How did David recover from something like this? From such a deep wound, from such a hurt? I mean, imagine that some of you have lost children in here, and I cannot imagine that. And not necessarily through sin like David did, but that, that, that's got to leave a wound. Or when someone walks out on you, or your, your parents, you know, walk out on you, or friends, relationships, the wound that is left there. David worshipped the Lord, and his praise and worship brought healing. Now, I do want to look at the order here for a moment. When it pertains to areas of sin, when, when we call sin, you know, well, I should say when we respond to temptation and we fall into sin, I want us to look at this order because we've been hurt because of our own sin or sometimes even other people's sin, right? Anybody in here like that? <laughs> you can raise your hand on that one. You've been hurt because of other people's sin. You didn't sin, but other people did and, and it brought hurt. But for the first uh, point, sin was brought out in David's case and it was acknowledged and it was confessed. We cannot expect healing and blessing if we're not willing to confess sin. David worshiped God in his pain. So whether you're the guilty one or whether you're the one who has been hurt, this will apply to all of us. He worshiped God in his pain. God, I don't understand this. If you're the one who's the, we'll call it the victim. If you're the victim, God, I don't understand this. David worshiped. But you are God and you are holy. God brought healing. Now, somehow through God's sovereignty, and and I'm not sure I understand all of this, but anyway, David ended up marrying Bathsheba. God was able to restore something there. And David and Bathsheba had another son, and his name was Solomon. And he became king. Now, we're not going to talk about the end of his life. We all know he made some bad decisions. But man, he was a wise person. God brought healing. Fourth, praise and worship nurtures your faith. Let me give you a quick example of this. Tithe is the worship that puts 
trust in God for your finances, for example. Okay, so what are we talking about here? Praise and worship nurtures your faith. So, uh, you know, man, finances are a little difficult right now, and I know the Bible says that I'm supposed to tithe 10% of my income. Really? Church is always asking for money. Well, let me just say this. Here at Abundant Life, how many times have you heard me ask for money, right? You know, you just understand God's Word, and, and I'm so grateful for that. We will teach God's Word. I will teach the tithe. Why is that? Because I know obedience to God's Word is what mattered, not lining the pockets of Abundant Life. I'm thankful for your tithe. Why is that? Because, you know, we, we get to, one, enjoy this uh, facility. We get to minister to our children, and quite frankly... I make my living doing this, you know, God provides for me, right? I understand that as well. Um, But even bigger than all that stuff, we get to send people to Jamaica. We're going to be sending Dean to Niger once, maybe twice this year. We're looking at some avenues. Be praying with us about Niger because there are so many things that we can do over there. Some of them cost a couple thousand. One of the projects that we're looking at costs 250,000. Is God able? Yeah, be praying with us. Dean, I'm going to just share that real quick. Um, we, we, we begin praying with us now. I just brought this up to the council, and, and here's, well, I don't even want to say that. I was going to say I recognize we can't do that on our own, uh, but if God calls us to it, am I, am I just not preaching on this? <laughs> if God calls us to it, he will enable it. But we do feel that the possibility of maybe partnering with other people to start an orphanage. In Niger, how many, Dean, or how many orphans are in Niger? Just under a million in Niger. Million. And we can build an orphanage and staff it for probably a year, I'm guessing, the staffing part of it. We're not sure about that exactly. But for $250,000. Will you pray with us about that, how we're supposed to approach that? It's just, it's brand new. And we just talked to the council about it last Sunday. So I don't know if I should even bring that up, but I just, we need to pray. Amen. Amen. Let me get back on track here. Praise and worship nurtures your faith. That's a big number, David. Yes, it is. But God is able. How much in the Word of God does God talk about the orphans and the widows? He cares about them. All right, let me get off of that. I don't want to, you know what I mean. We need, we need to go. Be praying about that. So this, uh, the, the tithe part is obedience towards God's Word, not a, not a manipulation for more money and things like that. Here's another area that we uh, see that praise and worship nurtures our faith. Prayer is the praise and belief for healing. We began to pray. Prayer is the praise and belief for healing. So as we pray, it becomes a praise. Lord, I thank you that you see my need. You see the, the physical ailment that I have. And so, God, I'm praising you. I know that you're sovereign. And even if you don't, I will still praise you. Because what's more important? It's Jesus. And sometimes through his uh, sovereignty and his grace and his compassion, he looks down and healing is brought. But it comes through praise. Ephesians chapter 5. Let's turn there. We're about to wrap this up here in just a few minutes. Ephesians 5, 18 through verse 20.
Ephesians 5, 18 through verse 20. Pretty bluntly, Paul puts it here, at least in the New Living Translation, it's, it's pretty blunt. He says, do not be drunk with wine, right? So don't go out and get drunk. Why? Because that will ruin your life. Can I tell you, I'm a product, was a product of that. Right, Mom? Grew up without a dad because he, he loved alcohol. Loved it and other things. Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. I am so thankful for a mom who was spirit-filled, by the way. And who taught me the importance of being filled with the Holy Spirit. It's not even Mother's Day. (laughs) Singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves, making music to the Lord in your hearts, and give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord. So here's the key when it comes to praise and worship, nurturing your faith. Be filled with the Spirit. How do we do that? He gives us three ways. He says sing psalms, sing hymns, and sing spiritual songs. Let's break this down for a moment. These are ways to praise and worship, okay? We're talking vocally. We're talking singing. Even for those of you who do not, you can't carry a tune in a bucket. It's okay. You can still sing in the privacy of your closet. No, I'm just teasing. You can sing around me if you want to, Mr. Stowe. That'll be fine. (laughs) Sing psalms. God's Word, here's what Psalms are. It's God's Word expressed in praise and worship. So you're singing the Scriptures, okay? That's what, that's what Psalms are. You're singing the Scriptures. Well, what are hymns? We're not necessarily talking about the book, you know, that, that you open up and, and you read the, the songs are there from, you know, long, from time past. And I'm so thankful that we still do uh, hymns here in the church. Um, but we're not talking about the hymnal. Here's what hymns are. Human lyrics expressed in praise and worship. So think traditional hymns, yes, but think think praise and worship songs. These are things that were written based on the Word of God. Like what a lot of what we sang today would be considered hymns according to Scripture because it's already written. You're singing someone else's words. The final way is spiritual songs. Now, this is Holy Spirit expressions of praise and worship. I would categorize the last song that we sang as this originally. It started out as a spiritual song. Somebody just sitting there on their piano, and they had been going through something, and they had overcome, or they were in the middle of overcoming. This is how I fight my battles. It looks like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. This came out of someone's heart. And for them at that moment, it was a spiritual song that for us turned into a hymn because it was already written. Why do we have pauses? I don't ever want us to be, I'm going to go off on a tangent here. I don't ever want us to be feeling awkward when just the music is playing and we're worshiping. Why is that? Because at that moment, we are allowing for your spiritual songs to be sung. To where the words that have been written, are they're, they're gone. Now we are focusing, Lord, you are so good. Here's how you fought my battles. Lord, you, you saw me through this. And you start to put that to a song and your neighbor's like, what in the world? But you don't care. 
because you've experienced victory in your life. And then the person beside of you is like, you know what? I kind of hear, Lord, I have some victory there too. Those are spiritual songs. So I I don't want us to be afraid of those things. These are Holy Spirit-inspired expressions of praise and worship. These are your words, not uh, someone else's. Those of you who have received a spiritual language, sing in the Spirit at those points. That is what spiritual songs... Let me tell you something about psalms, uh, something about hymns, and something about spiritual songs. They all have different melodies. And I'm going to make a confession this morning. I've been to some different things, you know, different... We're getting ready to go to the men's retreat and all this, and I didn't particularly like the style. I had two options. I could do this. I'm crossing my arms if you can't see me because I don't like what they're singing. I don't like the style. Or I could do this. I don't, I just, I don't. These kids today. <laughs> what are they playing? There's even been time. Can I make a confession? There may be even a song or two that I don't particularly like the style of that we do here. You're going to tell pastor? But here's what I have come to understand. It's not about me. It's not about my style. I was reading last night on Twitter, and I came up across this thing. It was was an article that was just posted last night, and I was like, oh, this is good. Putting aside personal preferences and embracing common, unified, God-centered worship However uncomfortable, it, however uncomfortable it may be, is part of what it means to follow Jesus together. So I may not enjoy whatever it is, rap, twang, contemporary, whatever. I may not enjoy it. But when we come together as the body of Christ, and I got my fellow rocker right here, hammering it on the guitar, got the axe out, you know, shredding. Even if I don't like it, but I do. We shouldn't let our worship preferences get in the way of our worship participation. Don't just tolerate, participate. Because at the end of the day, if I like it or not, I'm praising my God. This is from a book that's going to be coming out called Uncomfortable, The Awkward and Essential Challenge of Christian Community. I think I want to get that book because it was speaking to me. At the end of the day, whether my preference is there or not, here's what I understand. I need the presence of God. Lisa, will you come on up? Actually, worship team, come on up. We're going to close out here in just a few moments with the last song that we just did. And while they're getting settled, I want to read a couple more scriptures. Psalm 22.3 says, Yet you are holy and throned in the praises of Israel. Psalm 16.11 says, You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. As we are filled with joy, we continue to praise and worship. I want to read the last scripture, one, uh, the beginning scripture one more time. Out of Second Thessalonians. And this is my prayer. Can we stand this morning? I want to pray this over you. This will be my prayer. Mr. Stowe will come up here in just a few moments to close us out. But this is my prayer for you. So we keep on praying for you. Asking our God to enable you to live a life worthy of His call. 
May He give you the power to accomplish all the good things your faith prompts you to do. Then the name of our Lord Jesus will be honored because of the way you live, and you will be honored along with Him. This is made possible because of the grace of God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Your worship today, as we get ready to sing this song, your worship today may show you what is trapping you, what's been holding you back. You haven't been able to put a finger on what's kept you back. You've ever felt like that? Man, just something, I just can't press in. I want, as we're singing this song, for you to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you, to show you what's trapping you. Your worship may be the key to defeat the enemy who has been holding you. Your worship may need to be proceeded by repentance. And I believe the Holy Spirit's been speaking to you as well through that. Finally, you may need, you may just need your faith nurtured. You know, I just, things are good right now, but I just, I want my faith to be nurtured. I just, I want to worship King Jesus today. I want to bless the Father. So we're going to sing through this a couple times, and then I'll close that out. Mr. Stowe will come up and we'll be dismissed. But can you worship with me today?